0: Good evening, friends. Welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday?
1: Wonderful, Dennis. How was your Monday? We're, we're not an alternate Monday this week. Nope, nope.
0: Norm, normal Monday. Uh, I had a kind of mixed weekend. Um, yeah? I got a lot of things done. Uh, some of those were um, less successful than I hoped slash realized um i bought a new kitchen faucet for my camper um which is cool cool. i mean the old one was not very well designed it was like fixed uh and it was kind of high right so water always kind of splashed everywhere so i got a one of those gooseneck you know ones that kind of comes out of the the thing and uh it works great except there is a leak in the um in the lines under the sink Mm. um so i have to figure out what's going on with that i i i'm fairly close to just calling somebody to look at it because i'm not i mean i'm fine with the simple part of plumbing but like you know obviously there's a leak and i'm like how do i how do i deal Mm, with this i don't i don't have any i don't have any of the knowledge or skills to um deal with when something goes wrong like i can do a simple thing no problem but Um, and what else? Well, I moved camp yesterday as I do about every week, every other week. Um, and wait,
1: that's, that's new because you don't, your, your truck didn't break down and stay there for a (laughs) month. And
0: no, no, none of that. My, my whole schedule was sort of thrown on. Not that I really had a schedule, but after everything was pushed forward, I just, made all the same stops that i was going to and that's why i am he- still here in texas um you know a third of the way into march maybe a third of the way in march a week into march um I was like,
1: we're just started march what are you talking we're talking about just man? we're
0: just started march um i mean six is okay it's like 20 percent of the way through the month whatever <laughs> um it's hot here i think i've said that um it's mm. it's not quite as humid as it was where i was last week um but i have a thing where <laughs> it's funny trotsky was drunk talking about talking to me about this a week or so ago um i have a thing where uh my fridge i have to latch it closed with those like um child locks right that you put on normal fridges um yeah when i move camp i have to latch it closed
1: oh, okay sure right
0: yeah um of course. And I guess I forgot to do that. This happened to me I mean, I've been mm-hmm. living in a camper for a little over a year and a half now, and it's happened twice, three times. Um and all it takes is like I could drive from here to the entrance of the R V park and if that thing is not latched, the fridge will have come open and yeah. a lot of stuff will have fallen out. Um but it was it was relatively minor. I think the first time this happened I had like a plastic thing of pickles that crashed, a uh, cracked open. Ooh, and and like a one of those uh, restaurant soy sauce bottles with the the lid doesn't close, right? It's got like holes on either side. So you can yeah. sort of dash it on your, and both of those. So I had like soy sauce and pickle brine smell in my oh, camper for like three geez. days. Uh, this didn't have either of those problems. It was just like my water filter pitcher and uh, like a thing of pineapples and strawberry strawberries and pineapple chunks that kind of spilled it but you know i got to camp and mopped up the floor and it was fine but um yeah that was my that was my weekend otherwise i don't think we did anything super exciting you know i you know went for walks with the dog
1: it's been it's been uh it's been really nice here again we're we're in the tricksy part which i mentioned last week about uh you know that uh, winter is tricking us right now so we're mm-hmm. very happy with it it was you know beautiful day today it's been beautiful last weekend and um i spent a lot of it inside <laughs> which is terrible um but uh you know i'm i'm always uh I, I get that uh beware i know i'm gonna go for a nice long walk in my shorts and stuff and then ended up being freezing or something anyway mm. uh the um so i got to i did spend some good time watching um Uh, some movies and playing some games tried some new ones Uh, it's one of the actual perks of it it can sometimes be a a scary part but also a perk of of running this podcast is that it does encourage me to like oh i should do something different right right like i should i I know that i i want to go spend forever playing diablo 3 type thing but you know i should probably try this other game or do this other thing um, yeah. So it, it gets yeah. me an opportunity to, it's to a, do that.
0: Th- there's a little bit of a fine point on it that compares to some elements of, like, real normal life. At least, I'm sure not everybody is like this, but, um, you know, for me, if I'm going to interact with other people, especially people I don't know well or even people in my family, um, I want topics, right? Like, Like, we need something to talk about um yeah and i mean the entire time that i was um interested and following uh american football was just like as a as a teenager and a young person i was very like smugly dismissive of of all kind of sports like i was i've never been an athletic (laughs) person and i was like this is dumb people all this money and people's you know, whole young lives for the this this these games, blah blah blah. (laughs) And in my mid twenties I had a group of sort of acquaintances slash friends. you know, we lived in Indianapolis, right? And so it was a huge yeah. It was a huge deal. And I was like
1: it was the Peyton day.
0: I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this and it was easy then, right? It was like twenty uh two thousand and six, I wanna say five five or six. Um, one of the, one of the first or second years that, um, I know we have a lot of Indiana based listeners, so people will know what I'm talking about. Um, Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, um, uh, we, in, we, Indianapolis still had Edger and James that season. And so it was like amazing quarterback, amazing wide receivers, stellar uh running back and you're
1: gonna start watching football that yeah it was was like it was like
0: oh this football thing's pretty cool we just win (laughs) we win all the time like
1: we we might be losing for a minute but then we'll come back
0: yeah (laughs) like they might get they might get possession of the ball first and they might score but then we're gonna score in three plays immediately afterward um but anyway my point with that was I did that so that I could be in, so I could be part of the the, the social interaction happening. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's sort of what the podcast is like too. It's like, well, okay, yeah. Like I only did, I only played games I've already played for hours, and I don't have anything interesting to say about them when we get on to record. And you know, maybe I have that realization after the fact, or maybe I go, hmm, if I go and see. You know, or if I watch this uh, this Oscar nomination movie or something, I'll be able to talk about it on the podcast, and we'll have some interesting content. But it's the same thing as normal social interaction. Like, I also might watch that movie because I know our buddy Fox gets really excited about the Academy Awards, and. Yeah. If I see a movie, you know, if he's seen a movie nobody else has seen, or maybe Jill has seen his wife, um, but if I watch it, then he and I can talk about it, right? And it's, um, yeah, it's just part of that.
1: Yeah, the the whole the thing. Oscar that thing is this weekend, right? Isn't that? It's this weekend, yeah. The, the the big weekend, uh, it's big weekend for for myself here. It's ICGCon weekend, right? Right. And so I'm I'm actually, you know, last weekend was was good. This cold weekend's going to be cold which is perfect for ICG Con Weekend. It's almost, it's always been a history of cold or snow or big stuff, and mm. it's nice to be able to all kind of hunker down and, and play games through right. a cold weekend right. type stuff and, and stay inside. We, we've always thought about doing it when um, it's summertime or doing summer stuff, but it never works out the same way because it's just not the same. You kind of go outside and do things sure. when it's warmer. Sure. But w- winter is pretty great because you can all just stay inside, and it's dark early. Uh, relatively speaking, so we're we're start we're having it this weekend. I'm really excited as usual about it. I'm right re- ready to play multiple games. I'm going to try and spend my lunch breaks and and my morning coffee time uh, doing uh, sit up shutdown stuff and how mm. to plays mm-hmm. uh, just to one remind myself or two get a get a thing. I, I since I'm an organizer, I do have to do a lot of teaching, um, right? W- which is great, uh, but you know some games I haven't played in a long time, so want to be able to to get up there but we have you know a, a smaller than we have in the years past crowd it's i think 12 13 this year
0: okay. like it was last year yeah and was, we're doing that it was pretty low-key last year too
1: yeah and, and we're still sticking with the the bed and breakfast thing th- this time which is kind of nice same place same type of thing so mm. we were able to get the same thing which is really perfect you were there last year right yeah so. i
0: remember their uh passive-aggressive notes all over
1: so. <laughs> yeah and, and they have, uh, like plenty of gaming spaces, which is really nice. Yeah, it's got big, a big hot spacious, tub, a lot, lot of
0: tables. I know people enjoyed the top, the hot tub. I was not one of those people, but uh.
1: yeah. So that's, it's we're looking forward to all of it. I think it's, it's especially, especially exciting because we know the venue. Sure. Um, we know that what to expect, what to do, what to see, what's there, um, so that's, that's really good. we got people coming in Friday. We're going to go to Irish lion for some lunch and nice, uh, which is pretty exciting. And um, so, yeah, I, I'm, th- this, this week is just prepping for, for this next weekend. Uh, right. So pr- pretty fun with that one. Uh, but, um, mo- moving on to stuff with the podcast, I did play, um, I didn't play like board games, board games. I played that earth game that you talked about a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Earth. Yep. Um, on on the things. I enjoy it. I've been playing it solo a couple times. Hmm. Um, and I, I don't have much more to add than you do. Go back, if you want to hear about the board game Earth, uh, the BGA board game arena implementation, go back a couple weeks, find out where Dennis talked about it. He'll say more. But I'll give my support for a thumbs up. It's a good game. <laughs> I think it takes, I think it takes multiple playthroughs to enjoy um, because there are so many I think you even said it and several people said multiple paths to victory, multiple ways to play a, the game. A lot of
0: ways to earn points, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and that's usually that's actually a big always been a big plus in my book, uh, for games. So that I can I can play and not have to worry about you know, play my game type thing, right? And and, mm-hmm. and I like that in games where there's so many multiple point ways, any kind of PvP usually messes up one of those ways, but there's so many different ways to to score points in these games. That it's not too terribly drastic, and while I can't think of a lot of PvP in this particular game, no, um, the really. multiple multiple paths of um, victory it makes it fun, but a little. I can see it got to be overwhelming for some people. You know, if you don't play it through more than once, I would. You know what? A lot of people sit down and play board games only once or twice a year, right? And they, I think sitting down and playing this one would be a terrible idea.
0: Um, <laughs> Once a year, you mean?
1: Yeah. Like yeah. if you play, you know, you play board games at, ho- at family gatherings or something. Right, right. And you only do that like on in the summer at 4th of July or at Christmas and Thanksgiving. And then someone bring, pulls out board games. I don't think this is when I would want to play with other people like that.
0: Sure. Of course. Um, yeah. Just
1: them. because it's it's too overwhelming, too many things, and too nuanced for, you know, all the different stuff. But. If you play board games any any bit regularly, you know, twice right. a month or so, right? This is it's pretty great. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I, I
0: yeah. like I said, we played it real time. Um, myself, Trotsky, the Troilos, um, and so I started a a asynchronous right turn based uh mm-hmm. BG, and I think I talked about this when we when we discussed the game. But the, yeah. the board game arena implementation of this game is phenomenal. Like, yeah absolutely great be- yeah. better than anything i've ever seen um, I-, I agree
1: i think there's there's not a there's not a better implementation it sounds silly but that that word is right than, yeah I mean, I mean i mean there are game other
0: there are other games like um you know no thanks works perfectly and has some features that you don't sure. you don't get in real life but for a game this complicated or this complex let's say um it's it's really amazing and so I started this turn, turn-based game with Fox and Jill, myself, and then you and Cogswell. I was like, I bet Michael and Cogswell will both like this game, and I knew that I could rely on each of the two of you to, to figure it out, having not played it. Yeah. Like, I knew Fox and Jill both played it and loved it, and I was like, they'll be fine. I know these guys haven't played it, but I'm sure they can figure it out. I wasn't even thinking about, like, playing solo mode. That's a, that was a good idea
1: yeah i i I think you're right um our our friend uh cogswell this this does feel like a a one that he would enjoy as well because of that extra complexity too um yeah yeah I, i think you're right on all counts so go go back and uh i don't have i don't spend any more time on that except to go back and listen to dennis's dennis's review of it it's it's all right and i agree with every bit of it um and even what you said today, even more so with the the UI and the the implementation of it being good. So I enjoyed it. Would yeah. wouldn't recommend it for you know casual people, uh, but that doesn't mean that it's it's like oh my god so complex or anything. It's just the you know what there's so many kind of options to do.
0: Yeah, that it can it's be. It's not
1: a you and, know. and it, playing in person, I I couldn't imagine. Like
0: yeah, I mean, I bit, mean so. maybe maybe if we play it several times on BGA, it'll make. It would make uh, uh, real life play um, yeah. doable, but yeah, I agree. but it's I agree. not you know it's not a Twilight Imperium or even a Terra no, Mystica, no, 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 no. Um, but it's but I agree. it's yes, more. I, sh- I shouldn't sell it that. It's a lot more than like you know a Ticket to Ride or Seven Wonders or or something like that. Like it's it's in between. Probably, I mean I know the the board game geek complexity rating is like or or weight i think they call it it's from one to five but i think i think on a one to ten this probably sits at like a seven okay ish somewhere in yeah. that range sure like Surely a I that. yeah like a uh champions of midgard or uh, yeah
1: yeah I, I don't think that you're right it's it's i'm, I'm glad that you mentioned things like uh ti and things because you're right They're they're not uh, it's it's not as complicated as even like scythe or whatever right uh so so i i guess you're right i I don't want to push that onto the thing because it's not that complicated it's maybe just that like uh it, a... it's, it's 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 the options it's not that that it's you can't see all the options it's just, just so many of
0: them yeah it's got a little know? bit of a learning curve because there's a lot going on it's maybe somewhere around the level of a, like a wingspan
1: maybe yeah and and you're and you're doing stuff every turn which is a positive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. part of the game right you know when even on somebody else's turn, you're you're actively stuff making decisions yeah. for yourself and doing things. So you, you, it's not like you can take a turn and not wait and then reassess on your turn. You kind of got to be knowing things are happening all the time. So that's good. But anyway, moving from that one, thumbs up. Uh, I also played on, we did a, uh, there's a place here in town called Cardinal Spirits. It's a, you, you can call that a bar. You call it a bar? What is that? It's a distillery. A, distillery? Sure. You go there and they have like, you have food and drinks and cocktails mm-hmm. uh but but our buddy trotsky uh once a month i think runs a uh, a game night game there night, where yep. people come and p- play casual games and so i went to cardinal game night and i played takanoko for the first time oh well um, with, the,
0: with the pandas and the
1: with the panda uh, i'm not going to go into the rules of this game just that for me it wasn't that great uh it nothing wrong with it per se it just wasn't my my kind of game hmm. um I think there was too many things of, uh, is it is it take that type stuff, where I, every turn I couldn't do what I wanted to do because either the board changed or the Panda 8 stuff or people were screwing yeah. with your strategy.
0: Um, yeah, it's not a, um, it's one of those games where you play it a couple times and you're like, Oh, I see. And it probably depends on who you played with if they've played it a lot. Uh, I actually, I think maybe because one of you were talking about it, um, I started another uh, another BGA um, game of that because we haven't played it in a while. And it's not it's not very PvP, but everybody has their own sort of secret goals and objectives they're working toward. And, and yeah. the conditions for meeting those goals can be very specific right like you need it, the yes, he- very, you need the hexes yeah. to be laid out just this way oh and also they all have to be irrigated and then you know it has to be in this exact layout with these exact colors and you can do this thing but you have to move the gardener and the panda and they can only move in a straight line across the hexes so like it gets to your turn and the panda's in a position where you can't move it to where yeah. you need it to go and you can only move it once and yeah I can see all of that being very frustrating. I, I, yeah.
1: I think, I think uh, well, I played with our buddy, Pat the show. Yeah. You know, Pat, the show.
0: Pat's played yeah. it a lot.
1: He's played it a lot. He enjoys it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's he his, told his us kind of and he, 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 was, he taught it to us and he, um, also gave us his strategy that usually does that. Something a strategy that Trotsky doesn't tend to like. It's called the Panda strategy. Panda strategy. Yeah, get, yeah. Just eat all the things. <laughs> um, and, uh, unfortunately, we we couldn't do that because everybody at the table did the panda strategy. Did the panda strategy, right, right,
0: right. Um,
1: But but that part I liked because that is one part of the game where it's very simple, straightforward, and not complex, and things don't mess you up. You just take the panda turn and get and eat stuff. Right, Uh, yeah. And you're like, that's straightforward. Everything else was how you described it was um kind of very complex to set up a thing yeah 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 and and when you're going around the table and the board just gets screwed up every single time it's so difficult to do what you want to do right um, i think that's part of why
0: we ended up doing panda strategy so much because it's the only you know of the different kinds of quest cards it's the only one that you can reliably uh, um, you can reliably meet those conditions um, yeah with everybody so, so, doing their own thing
1: so we got because we were you know f- three of the four of us were doing panda cards <laughs> all the panda cards went went away real right fast. away yeah yeah yeah. and then and then so I was having fun for the first 25 percent <laughs> of the game when i was just doing panda stuff and then i had to fall back on this other crazy strategy of this has to have four bamboo shoots on all greens that are irrigated and i'm like it was just every turn was a a feeling of I'm, I'm not meeting my goals. I'm not progressing or, you know, I, and there's nothing I can really do about it. Right. Just take a turn and go. So, so I lost interest, I guess it was the thing. Mm. It's like, well, the, however this game ends is however it ends. It's, it's fine. Sure. Um, so I don't have anything against it. It just was fine. Right. It's not one that I yeah. would be like, Hey, hmm. let's all play Takenoko. Now, if I could play Panda strategy all the time, that'd be just really great because I can just play all the Panda cards. <laughs> um, yeah, but I I need I need to be able to feel like I'm doing something and making progress towards a goal. Sure. Um, and I and I didn't have that one with this one. Um, and there's also a lot of randomness to it. So if you needed, let's say, you have to have a green one with um, uh, a no eat panda sign on it, there's only three of those. Well, you never get a roll of the dice that gives you one of those. So, right. You know, or you never get the card that gives you the green one, or you never get the the pink th- things you need to put out, like it's just there's so much randomness to it that i felt like i couldn't control much of destiny i guess uh yeah. so yeah it gets it gets a very meh uh to me it, some people love it pat pat's one of those people um but it's just it's just not my kind of a game um that was the board games i've played this week <laughs> um i played uh I started playing Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous only because our buddy Trotsky has, you know, got into it and was really, you know, mm-hmm. how he does. He gets into spurts of super excitedness or something and then moves on. Yep, yep. Um, But um, I, I generally like these games. This is a game that's like people who have played Baldur's Gate or um, the...
0: Divinity Original Sin.
1: D- Divinity Original Sin type games. Um, they, they are... Uh, there's several other games like this, too. It's the 3D isometric view of role-playing game type stuff.
0: Turn-based. Uh...
1: Or, or real-time, depending if you have it on set on the turn-based thing. Okay. Uh, on on this one, I have it on real on the, These, how I usually play them is the game pauses when combat starts, and then you set yourself up to what you want you to do, and then you press play and let them all do their things, and occasionally pause it again if you want to adjust. But that's I kind of let it play out in real-time. Hmm. Anyway... It's it's there's nothing different about this one um except that it's Pathfinder and it's like hardcore Pathfinder. Now, I've never played the actual Pathfinder role-playing game. Okay. But it's basically 3. Point, I've I looked through the rule book back when it first came out. Right. And um it's just 3.5. So every single thing that I knew about D&D 3.5 that's this that's the system. Cari- well, carried this is over. just like yeah. Yeah, I mean it's. I, I think, know we've said this. So I think many I've times actually before. played
0: more Pathfinder than Fifth Edition.
1: Oh, okay, sure. But it's, I've also but
0: not it, not well. I don't know. We did a couple campaigns. It might be tied at this point. But yeah, I
1: mean you've uh, so you've basically played D&D three point five. I mean I'm not yeah, kidding. It's the the, yeah. the the all of the rules are are that that's like, that's al- exactly that's
0: always is. been my uh, understanding of how of how that or maybe some people called it three. Point seven five or something because I think there are yeah, some right. yeah, changes. If you're made some changes, if you're a big three five person, you might recognize those. I am not one of those people, so
1: yeah. So, so, and, and I don't want to get too much into this because it's it's hairy and sticky, and it does have to do with recent events. But I, I don't understand why um, Dungeons and Dragons has done the open gaming license thing, where it's basically they create a rule set, a, a rules to a game, and then allow it to be. Used for other game systems. Um, okay, I, I don't understand the marketing strategy of that, um, except that in general, people want to buy, like say, Wizard of the Coast, who or, who owns D and D. you would want to buy their players' handbooks and their source, their primary source books, but everybody else is building new worlds and new extra books around your system i can kind of see that sure but uh like pathfinder when i see like a pathfinder i just it just feels like dirty to me (laughs) (laughs) it sounds terrible like because somebody this is another system this is dungeons and dragons this isn't like no one sat down and created this system you just took it and then made some modifications to it now people are yelling at me right now. Yes, there's a billion different kinds of creatures and classes and things like that. But that's just just like that's just Dungeons and Dragons. They do the same thing. They put out books that have asomers or warforged in it and they have you can play orcs now or you can play a different spell mage. That's been that way since Dungeons and Dragons was created. You know, um and I'll, and when you play a a game like um a Dragonlance game in Dungeons & Dragons. You're playing with all different kinds of rules and characters and, and lands. That's just what Pathfinder has done. So I'm really getting off here. But this just is implementation of all the Pathfinder classes, every single one, every single like feat and thing just ad nauseum put into here. And I've read where a lot of the the builds that you make and the like the options or... Um, feats or whatever it might be adding to your class, many of them are useless. Like they're in the the role playing games for role playing reasons, hmm. but that you know, like say I don't know, um, etiquette, dining, or some kind of nonsense like that. Like sure. that that might have some use when you're role playing, but there's never a use for it in a computer role playing game. Sure. So they allow you to pick it because it's in this game, and it's it's so. So much there's so many options and things it it causes me to have some analysis paralysis and i mm. I talked to this to Trotsky about it. he actually loves it, knowing a guy that loves having analysis paralysis. <laughs> you know that's his favorite <laughs> part is right, that he can right. sit for an hour and a half just on one level up, right, yeah, and I'm not exaggerating there sometimes when I have all my characters level up, five or six of them, I have to spend a long time weighing everybody's options and such like that Mm -hmm. um so that that for me really drags these games down and this one is no different if anything it's more of that because there's even more options sure uh so i'm 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 playing it and i'm enjoying it uh the besides what i just mentioned the other biggest impediment for these games is the amount of reading and i sound like a simpleton by saying that but I just sit at my desk, and I'm just reading long things of book. So I'm just reading Mm -hmm. a book. You know, you're going through a dialogue. You go into town. I'm like, oh, God, i got to go into town. It means i got to talk, and I'm going to read for the next three days.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've I've talked about this before. I don't remember talking about it on the air, but, you know, we're at almost 300 episodes. I am certain that I have. Um, I have a weird sort of mental, uh, like mode switching or something between uh, I struggle with this watching any kind of passive entertainment tv or film um Mm -hmm. but with video games it's even worse because I like I put my mind in a video game mode and this isn't always the case because I know that I played that game desert blossoms or something like that. It was a a visual novel or not even visual novel. What do they call it? Kinetic novel. It's like a visual novel but with no choices, right? A a, <laughs> okay. a visual novel is like the dialogue cutscene part of um um like a like a Baldur's Gate game or Persona or any of those like whatever you call those uh dating sims are usually like this. Um, oh, sure. where the characters talk and then you have to decide and the story branches based on that. I have problems with that for a different reason. Um, but this game didn't even have the, the like, it was just reading. Like it was the, the character art making different poses and faces and stuff and then text. So it was just a story. I was just following along with the story and the story was interesting to me. So it was, it was fine. But when I sit down to play like a telltale game or anything like that there's so much reading there's so much story that my brain gets um and uh, probably not my brain but like I get restless cuz I'm like I am playing a game I want to be doing something yes not right. reading I'm, like I'm not, if I'm reading a book or I'm watching a TV show then I'm in that mode um and it's still a different thing where it has to it has to engage my attention the other thing in those games with all the dialogue options is then I get that I don't even analysis paralysis doesn't seem like the right term of art for it. It's it's more like I get anxiety that I'm not going to make the right choice. I'm not going to get the whole story because I'm making the wrong choice in a thing. Like if that's just in the periphery of the game, like in a Knights of the Old Republic or uh, the Infamous games. Um, well, and I say in the periphery, it's like the story is in the periphery because the choices really come down to what do you want your character to be? Do you want, uh, uh, dark side powers or do you want light side powers? And you're going to have your character do and say and react in those conversation choices in the direction that takes, you know, to this, how do I say this, um, in a way that leads your character down that path right so the you're making the decision more for game mechanics than for which version of the story do you want to see and i'm like i don't want to spend 200 hours on a on a game story and get to the end and go oh, i wonder what would have happened if i had been rude to that guy when we when <laughs> i first met him or whatever like that stuff stresses me out and also makes me not want to play any of those kind of games
1: no i i, I get it. i i had everybody tries to play at once try wants to try to play bad characters and then you kind of sometimes have difficulty doing that i i decided to pick pick and i usually play a paladin i play my main character that i always play in games is like sure. a weird type paladin in these kind of games and role-playing things um, but, um, or or a wizard uh, that I have, a female wizard. This time I decided to make to play one of my characters that's a, a rogue, uh, a female rogue character. Um, and I was, I've never really played her a lot. And I'm like, I really want to get into a game and, like, put, make her in this world. But she's got some, like, she's very roguey, right? Very hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I've been making choices that that are not necessarily the quote-unquote good choices, and I have that same feeling you just describing That's where I, I, I'm going with this, is that, like... Oh man that the good one I know is going to like save this town, but I'm being clearly selfish here that makes me feel like I shouldn't be doing the right you know for a game game mechanics wise right like mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to get access to this thing or whatever because I'm not being good um, so that yeah that that I have those issues with this games too, but i i rarely i will admit I rarely finish them and while finishing mm-hmm. games is also is generally a, a difficult thing to do anyway <laughs> Th- these these role playing games are very very long yeah. and when you have to read so much for for things that are i mean i i give the the writers of these games huge props just like we did with final fantasy 14 like i can't imagine the the novels of massive books they have to literally write sure um but w- with this there's there's just so many sub stories and so many you know individual mm-hmm. character stories and quests and stuff and i'm and i don't know if they're gonna be important you know this guy has a i go up to a guy and he's like tell me about yourself and as soon as i see that thing that says tell me about yourself i'm like if i click this it's gonna be so much reading and so much stuff and then so many sub dialogues Mm -hmm. but if i don't i'm not gonna know if it's gonna unlock (laughs) a class or a thing or a (sighs) <sighs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I and mean, ex- if I if I exactly. click next, 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 next on it, then then they're going to ask me a question, and it's going to be a dilemma choice, right? And I'm like, <sighs> so you yeah, have to sit I've, down.
0: I've started Divinity Original Sin probably three or four times, and there was a long gap between the last time and the most recent time. And I think I was, I don't know, probably burned out on whatever game I was playing at the time, and I was like, I'm going to try divinity original sin 2 and i'm gonna i'm gonna just look up a build right like what's a really yeah. strong build which characters do, which you know uh companions whatever they're called which party do i build what classes do i make them what s- spells and abilities just to make the combat really strong and then i'll just go through and i'll i'll see what the story is and yeah. i I didn't spend very long. I spent maybe half an hour, like, browsing around on Reddit. And all I found was, like, well, you used to be able to do this, but they nerfed it. Right? Like, the game is specifically designed so you can't do that. Which makes sense, right? Like, D&D and other role-playing games are the same way. You don't want players making broken characters because it's not interesting. And... Then I played for a while and was like, I remember why I quit this every time before. (laughs) Like, it's so much time, so many hours. And it's ironic because I've spent hundreds of hours on Factorio, Minecraft, and World of Warcraft. Like, I can play a game for hours and hours. I just don't have the time or patience for a game like this. I don't know if I ever did. Maybe when I was younger, sure. But... Yeah, not now. I just have too many. Th- and I'm not a busy person. Right. Like, I don't sure, know if, yeah. I don't have a family or kids or a super demanding job or anything like that. But I'm like, this is not how I want to spend my whole weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I uh... to
0: get to get like one quest crossed off. Right. Or, or to right. have like, here's a thing you were supposed to do. But now that that NPC has died, you can't do that. And it's just there on your list, your, your quest list or whatever. It's just always going to be there. And I'm like, I can't, I can't handle that level of anxiety from a a game.
1: (laughs) I I agree with you. I, I have played, I did play this, uh, a good amount this weekend and I didn't make a whole lot of progress. I think it made it through the pro prologue and then, um, started doing one little side quest Mm
2: -hmm. type
1: thing, um, and I spent a good amount of time on it. Like, I, I really did. Whereas in Diablo, while I feel like there's a lot of grinding in it, I still, on a weekend, made it through all the levels and start right. through most of the season stuff. And this one was just, and it goes, again, it goes back to all the reading. Just to mm-hmm. so much of the reading. And, and I don't want to harp on that type thing, but it is a lot excessive. Right. Now, this game has that, especially all the way through the prologue, and most of them do, is, is a lot of voice acting stuff, which is a lot easier, even though I have a hard time. Not reading ahead, but right, it, right. It, it does put you. If you're in the mood for a role-playing game and a story, hearing those things being spoken helps a lot. I I think, mm-hmm. uh, but but for the sheer amount of text in the game, there it's it would be impossible for them to make everything voiced. I wouldn't say impossible, but but it's just you know prohibitively it's a expensive things sometimes. Yeah. Um. So they. Uh, yeah. Th- th- that's th- that's my. Thing about that game, it, it, it doesn't bring anything really too new to the genre. It does a little co- couple things differently, but for the most, and you know, it implements things a little differently. But it's the same kind of system. Um, it, they do get better. I mean, I'm I'm not putting them down. I love I like the genre a lot. Um, this one is one of the best ones I've, play, I've played. It's also one of the newer ones. It's Pathfinder, sure. uh, Wrath of the Righteous Enhanced Edition. So it's you know the second one. It's got a lot of iteration on it, so mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm I definitely want to put it down, and it's probably one of the best in this genre. But this genre does have a difficulty thing for me to play, in. and I'm not going to stop playing. It. I'm still continue to play it, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it, and I want to see more. But I know what will happen is that I'll get tired of doing exactly what you just said. It's like I'm going to spend my whole weekend just. Reading this thing, which, honestly, I would like to just read a book. It's, you know, they, they kind of turn into a choose-your-own-adventure stuff because right. the actual going out and doing stuff is so small compared to the going into town and just talking to every single person about mm. their lives. Sure. Right. And, yes, I know people can say, you don't have to talk to everybody. I'm like, right. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> with, with my mental problem of completionist thing, yeah, sure, right.
0: Right, right, um, right, right. right.
1: So anyway, that's what I was playing with that one, Um, and it's fine.
0: Um, I bought, no, I didn't buy. I think of it as buying because I had to uh, open and patch the Epic Store client, which Hmm. I know, I'm sure to most people, that doesn't mean anything. I have a weird... M- mental thing you, with epic you do and their, have some
1: things with some companies you got the, some, their some whole
0: things. big they tried to stir up this whole thing about the the percentage of sales that steam that valve sure. was giving to which is an industry standard right and actually sure. i learned fairly recently is considerably better than the deal audible gives um amazon audible gives Uh, uh, authors, publishers, uh, percentage based, But like, uh, I forget even the guy's name, but the Epic guy um, tried to make it this whole like gamers versus the man thing. And I'm like, Epic is not a little like 10 people indie studio, right? Like they're, they're pushing this narrative, but I don't think they're going to get in this. It just didn't sit right with me. And I also don't like the client. Like it's, it's big and puts big notifications on it. But anyway, they're free games, whatever. I don't want to talk about <laughs> right. the Epic client. Um, our buddy Aaron linked to this game. It's called something very similar to the last new game I played, Rise of Industry. Not, oh, right, to, yeah. not to be confused with the game I had been playing, and still am, uh, Captain of Industry. <laughs> um, <laughs> this game is you know, some would put it in a similar genre. It's much more, um, not cartoonish, but like deliberately low polygon count. Um, it is still isometric, but there's, uh, it doesn't have full camera, um, full range of camera motion. Like you zoom and then you can rotate between the four, Directions okay, um, and everything's on a square grid again. Um, the idea is there are towns, little settlements, and they have people in them. And you are a company, and you set up your headquarters, and then you build, um, buildings, right? You build a warehouse, and again, it's a game with trucks. I don't know, it's one of those weird things you're like. You know, oh, I didn't know you know people were making roguelike uh, city builders. And now you know they do a big sale mm-hmm. and a bunch of early access games, and you're like, oh, there are six new roguelike sh- city builders. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Uh, apparently, it's a thing for uh, games to do uh, logistics, which is the thing that happens in real life. But like in Factorio, logistics is done by flying robots. Um, I've played three games in the past two weeks. Um, where logistics are handled by trucks on the ground. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is one where the trucks need roads, and you build the roads straight on a square grid. Um, it's got the, like, up-and-down terrain thing like the, I, that I associate with old-school um, SimCity. Okay. But you do the normal thing where you put down a, a lumber mill, and then it, puts, it has, like, sub-buildings. So they have this thing where there's a big building, and then it has collectors like sub buildings. so you put down a oil refinery and then you have to put drills on the on the actual oil uh whatever spots on the map which is a normal sort of format but this one is is more literal with it um all the buildings work that way the the collector buildings all work that way so you put down a lumber mill and then you put down three um like l- lumber camps or something i forget they're called okay. Oil is the same way. Water is the same way. You put down a water uh, siphon, they call it, and then it has three water collectors. And then in the tech tree, you upgrade to have more of those sub-buildings with each. You put down a farm and it has three fields. Or if it's a cattle farm, if it's an animal farm, you you put down um, (laughs) pastures. Um, Anyway, you do that, you get resources. And then the village, the town that you set up next to, has shops, right? It might have, in my case, uh, a hardware store and a farmer's market. And then you can go into that shop, or there's like an overview for the whole town, and it'll say, you know, they need, or there's a demand for 15 lumber every month or 15 days or something it's got the same clock thing that you can speed up like so many of these games have and so you take the wood from the lumber camp and you truck it into your warehouse which is in range of the of the settlement and then the trucks take the lumber to the hardware store which buys it and you get money and all of your buildings have upkeep so it's all about money right you're It costs money to build buildings. It costs money to to keep those buildings up in a very SimCity kind of way. Except then you're directly taking your your harvested goods and selling them. And then you eventually upgrade stuff where you say, oh, well, they want bricks. Well, I can't just pull bricks out of the ground. I've got to take sand and something else and make bricks in a building. It generates pollution. So you make a air scrubber to like reduce the pollution otherwise people get upset and then there is this auction thing because the game is so sort of capitalism themed um these auctions will come up that are like you know sell 15 units of beef to um this city within a year of game time and uh, and so then i have to look at it and go well uh my town wants milk and leather but they don't buy beef and the <laughs> the cow the cattle farm produces milk leather and beef and i'm like well yeah. i have a surplus i have this surplus of beef just sitting here sure i'll take that contract but you have to bid on it and there's all of this money stuff that i've not really paid attention to i'm really just looking at the like Here's my upkeep. here's how much I have in the bank, and here's how much uh i've it's like estimated sold in the next cycle or something like that. It's your income basically, yeah, as I understand it. I'm like I just want to make sure that I'm selling enough stuff that my total money that I have is going up and not down all <laughs> oh, right yeah. um and so that that's pretty cool. I played it for a couple hours this weekend um it's, is, uh, is that
1: one that's on Game Pass? No, that was you said it was Epic.
0: epic. It was it was epic. the Epic free. Um, it might still be free by the time this episode airs. It probably won't still be free, so it's uh, probably not that uh, useful Wait, information.
1: Am, am, I, am I right in saying that the Epic air quotes free games are only like trials? Don't they like, go away after like you can't play them after a week or two?
0: Mm, I think it works like the PlayStation. Thing where they're they're only free for a couple weeks, but that just means you have to get them in that time.
1: Oh, but, but you can keep playing them, like after that. I think so. I, I thought I thought that the the epic one because I I think I remember getting excited about that too, and then I downloaded it, and then a couple weeks later it was off the free thing, and then I couldn't play it anymore. I had to buy it. But I maybe I'm wrong. Honestly,
0: I, thought, I don't remember. I thought remember. that's why I've, I didn't look. At I've it. gotten a couple of the epic free games. Um, is probably why i installed the client in the first place no i installed it for satisfactory because it was it was exclusive for like the first year satisfactory was um okay but i i honestly don't know i know that it has that same like where it's free for the window i don't know if you can still play it after i don't think i enjoyed it enough that i would buy it which (laughs) probably says something about the game although i'm i mean it to say more about me and how i how i felt about it i also have plenty of games to play right now i don't think it's super expensive might be like 25 bucks which is yeah kind of a lot for a steam kind of game but it's done it's not early access so um there's that that that's that's definitely i mean we can't make too much
1: light of it because that that's uh these days people are all playing you know early access stuff all the time right Uh well, you know what we should do because we're kind of already getting deep in the show. You want to talk do our weekly movie real quick before we pivot over to TV
0: and movies? Sure. Let's do it. So this week we watched a movie that for once is not longer than this podcast. Uh, this was road to Morocco yeah, starring a easy watch uh Bing Crosby Bob Hope and Dorothy L'Amour and um, we talked
1: about how you and I had not watched Bing uh Bob Hope shows
0: no I don't I'm I'm sure that I've seen a couple of his movies like with my grandparents um mm-hmm. and I don't know I'm looking at these um I'm looking at his credits. His known for stuffs, and none of it looks familiar to me.
1: Yeah, no, for for real. Same here. I mean, I I I was not aware of. I mean, I we just talked about this kind of last week when we were discussing this. Was that uh, it's um, it's a series, like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that, it
0: was a, a series of films that were. Um, sort of satire or parody of other films. So I did a thing before I watched this that uh, I don't normally do. Once in a while I do if I think we're going to watch like a classic, classic like Seven Samurai. Mm -hmm. Um, But after watching Banshees of Inishirin and talking about it with a couple people afterward, I decided that I would have enjoyed the movie more if I had known a little bit about it beforehand. Um, oh okay banshees or this game this
1: show
0: banshees um and um i don't know if i said this because we talked about that movie off the air but i should say it here because i don't think this spoils anything for it but um i believe the story this is maybe a spoiler i don't know um i think the story of the banshees of Inishirin is meant to be an allegory for the irish civil war Okay. That doesn't tell you anything about the movie, but if you watch it, that will probably help you understand it more than I did when I watched it. But okay. anyway, um, I looked for information about this series of films uh, before I watched Road to Morocco. Um, I didn't find a YouTube video, which I was kind of surprised by. I did find some of these whole movies are on YouTube, which was a little odd. But... Um so, like I said, these were um, sort of parody, satire films of other films being made at the time, um, which happens, right? We've talked about how Airplane is almost a direct ripoff of uh, Flight Seventy Six or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, where they they like lifted scenes and dialogue straight out of that movie and just added these ridiculous jokes that are right to me still funny even not even knowing that the original film existed but of course at the time would have been um even more like a like a scary movie or uh, um uh what's the other one i mean there were a whole bunch of those that the the wands brothers were making in the in the 90s late 90s early 2000s um but these three actors did seven i think six or seven of these movies we talked about this last week. Yeah. Um, and they had running gags. And so yeah. there were there were some of those that I knew because I read about it beforehand. Um, right. I did know, think they... about
1: us watching the first one, but I kind of mm. wanted to That's why I intentionally chose three in. But maybe I should have yeah. gone with the first
0: one. J- j- jump in, in sort of in the middle. And they've been doing that. They've done enough of them at this point that there are these in-jokes, right, where um, when they're singing the song – for the title road to Morocco um Bing Crosby literally says you know I bet we'll run into Dorothy L'Amour (laughs) um I was like oh that's that's funny and they do these fourth wall breaks I think I said that already um Bob Hope usually makes a joke about winning an Academy Award uh which which for this (laughs) movie doesn't happen until almost the end um they usually sort of fight over the girl Bing Crosby usually gets her in the end. Um, right, they, they he, make, he's the, they make he's the handsome like, guy that. Yeah. Right, right. They make these uh, these industry in jokes where they're like, "We'll be back because we're we're contracted with Paramount for five more years." Five more. Years. And he looks <laughs> at the camera. Right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, and so all of that was 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 fine. I mean, it was. It wasn't bad. I was not really expecting much from it because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a, what, 80-year-old movie. Um, and a, some of the jokes I sort of got because they have been homaged and parodied by other things since. Um, right. um, what did I, I looked this up? Like, like Road to El Dorado is a little bit based on these, these films. Um, there were gags that I recognized from like Looney Tunes bits, right? Which would have been (laughs) kind of contemporaneous with, uh, with these movies. But there was, there was a lot of humor where I'm like, uh, what, what is that? Who are they talking about? They do the, the, the ghost aunt and she says, Mr. Jordan. And I'm like, I don't know what that reference is. And I don't even know how I would Google it. Um, (laughs) And yeah, otherwise, I'll tell you what this movie reminded me a lot of. Is White Christmas.
1: Like the actual, like, Jimmy Stewart show?
0: No, no. White Christmas with, again, Bing Crosby, um, but but with Danny Kay.
1: Oh okay, all right yeah, right where right.
0: they they meet the girls and they go to the the ski lodge in Vermont right there's all this like post-world War II, um sort of sort of I don't know patriotism is the right word for it, but like with that movie that this doesn't have, um, but like the basic format of like here's Bing Crosby and here's a younger kind of funny man kind of kind of character um right. where i saw a lot of similarity between Danny K and and Bob Hope like they're different of course Danny Kay is a little more a little more goofy a little more cartoonish um where Bob Hope is is playing a little more of a simpleton um yeah kind of characters but Crosby is playing the same kind of the same character right uh in in both in both of these things and i'm like that must have been just a thing where they're like take this guy and we need this other guy with him uh you know to be this this sort of thing and they're gonna do this thing and they're gonna you know randomly break into song there's not as much dancing in this as there was in in white christmas but yeah um still a similar similar I mean, a, a, sort of a, lo- vibe. a lot of
1: the a lot of the movies in this age i guess were like that that you know you, you just break into song like you mentioned and they sing and dance in the middle of a movie because you yeah. had to be a, in the you know 30s and 40s and 20s or even the 50s you had to be that triple threat you had to sing dance mm-hmm. and no matter what you were and we kind so even the comedians or do tap or Everyone do tap. You had to do those all those things. You couldn't just be just one. Mm -hmm. So this this movie just it made me it made me feel good. (laughs) It feels weird, but uh, because it's it's old and simple and like basic guess maybe it's the thing sure. I, I remember growing up with these
0: on just tv <laughs> those those on aren't words people usually use as compliments but go on yeah
1: no no i agree comforting maybe is the word i'm, I'm looking for sure I, I mean not in a great way it's just because i don't have to think a lot there's not a whole lot going on here yeah right it's just these guys being these guys doing corn like there's a there's a, a scene where a camel comes and uh with like Wonderful graphics, right? That he comes down and and licks their faces, and they're just doing a little gags. I'm like, it's just so simple and stupid. Yeah. It doesn't, and that's what this is, right? And I think Mm -hmm. all of the the movies like that, which makes me feel good that I can go back and just watch these shows, and they're all going to be variations on the theme. And you're going to have the Marvel Cinematic Universe thing where if I've seen the one before, I get the joke and I get the thing and I get the reference. And, um, so but i don't have to i could just go watch this one and then like you said be lost on a few things but it's not that big a deal um <laughs> when so they, when
0: he's explaining like in the third act bob hope is explaining their situation and and crossby's like i know all that and he's like yeah but people who came through half in the middle of the picture don't He's like what are, <laughs> you mean they missed my song
1: I'm like what is <laughs> this what's happening <laughs> i know it's it's uh, self-aware is the right right is, is the right yeah. thing um and, and I do appreciate how I did see this one is that how they end up is how they start in the next one. Right. So like they were on a boat escaping from wherever. in the first, the, the second movie, and now this is the third movie and they start off as they're shipwrecked and they're in floating around, you know, and mm-hmm. they find their way accidentally in Morocco. It's just these guys kind of adventures through life. Right. Um, which is, it's just, again, it's just so simple and straightforward and easy. Now, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that it is it is set in its time there are a lot of not so great you know there's there's no this is like we can't just say blackface because no, no, it's were... just white all over the place right, right. Yeah. The, each one of these films seem to be made in a specific area of the world but they never ever
0: once use a person from that area of the world right um so it's yeah, they just, they just had the a it's it's set in a location Morocco, but it's one hundred percent like Hollywood sets and backlot and sets, backlot yeah. studio stuff. Yeah, there are some, you know, maybe some like dark skinned Italians or something in the cast as like the the actual uh, Moroccans, but uh, no, there's no. I mean, there is some foreign language. I, uh, in the very beginning there are these news segments and I'm like why are there no subtitles am I supposed to know did I you know oh that very the, beginning opening? switch yeah. the streaming to French accidentally or something and it's no they're foreign language like they're going to get to the American reporter uh, speaking yeah. English um, and
1: I didn't get that do you see that opening scene where the guy like the Chinese guy puts on a huge button that says US and China with flags I didn't understand what what was that about
0: who knows probably some joke of the time i mean this is yeah. right in the middle of world war ii this movie right. came out so True. who knows um um
1: some kind of in in world joke
0: or not in world but like real world of the time yeah thing yeah, yeah.
1: uh yeah I, I so it's it's you can't not say that about this thing. i mean you 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 know what this is it's it, yeah, if you are easily offended about that stuff it will offend you all the way through then because there's there's cultural right, right. things all over the place they're making huge i don't know if it's called gags but i guess they are like jokes about the cultures and things
0: right uh, right
1: it, and i can't even imagine yeah. if the other ones are going to be any better right they're going to be it's just not as
0: bad. yeah it's definitely not as overtly problematic as uh, you know, as I said, blackface or, um, real, like, uh, we watched, um, for movie club, we watched, uh, uh, La Dolce Vita, which is a, uh, Italian, um, uh, I want to say Fellini. No, whatever. Um, mm. which has some real, like, uh, casual domestic violence, shall we say? Yeah. Um, and you're like, you know, what is that? Is that Italian culture? Is it, you know, 50s culture? Is it Italian 50s culture? Like, what, you know, is it? Is it, you know, John Wayne putting a woman over his knee and spanking her kind of stuff? Um, right. This didn't have any of that. Anything that, like, um, again, overt. But it definitely was not, you know sincere or respectful of you know how they portrayed the moroccan culture or any of that stuff but you know again it's a satire it's comedy um i've definitely seen more uh challengingly problematic movies of oh of, yeah of this era um
1: yeah the, the, so the, yeah. it's just yeah. it's just you kind of got to know or, or i mean we expected it when to watch it you watch anything right. in the 40s yeah. type stuff um, exactly. but, and I, I, I did think of that like, oh, man, you know, this is, I get, the problem is that a lot of th- people are very sensitive today to even the most mildest form of, you know, cultural disrespect or something. Sure. Um, and, and, and not having besides, you know, just American white guy, um, don't have <laughs> a lot of things to be offended by on things. Um, sure. I, I don't, I can't put myself in that position, so I, I don't want to say like, oh, that's, don't make a big deal out it when it can, can be. But if you are mildly bothered by today's misrepresentation of a culture or something like that, then man, these movies must like you know blow your mind and full and <laughs> of hatred because uh, it's it is sure. it is what it is. And I watched. I did watch just in that same vein. You said I, I was thinking of that, and then two nights ago I watched um Bad News Bears, and okay. I think it's an '80s show. And that sounds always, right holy smokes now that that show's got some that movie's got i mean the kids are are multiple times complaining about very racist slurs that they'll just say straight out oh the team's Mm. got a they say a slur for an italian a jewish person an african-american and 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 someone else like they say it's full of this 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 the kids say that and they're like just complaining about it and then women and i'm like Oh my god, these little kids are just shouting <laughs> racist things and this is a kids movie. I like
0: right. wow.
1: Uh yeah. so it, it wasn't that bad and this was in the 40s so um I'll give that. So anyway, going back to this one, it was uh I, I I liked it enough. There's it's it's fun and that it's easy, mm-hmm. it's not complex. I can see why it's not on like a list of top 100 for you know to watch for all time things i I get that um but uh you know if you like old movies, especially old black and white movies um the these are it fits in that that time period of stuff you know um, sure and uh and it's okay I mean, like I said it's just it's kind of like a dessert maybe or something you know it's a sugary thing to eat that doesn't really matter too much, um, sure obviously this would not fit on my top 100 either, but it also wouldn't fit my uh, don't watch thing. You know, I, um, hmm. obviously the older people are going to, would, would love this and count it as a lot higher. Um, right. But I, and I may, I, I may, I probably will watch more of these, but I will probably not sit down and intently watch more of
0: these. You're right. Yeah. Like they Have will on be on in the background, Yeah. Kind
1: of you know, catch the joke here and there type stuff. And, um, you know that just Bob Hope being Bob Hope which was great you know he is kind of cool it's it's interesting i see him since i was a kid i was born in 75 so in the 80s you know i was a you know teenager at, at the earliest and mm-hmm. um in like 85 to to 90 i was a, a teenager and uh he was an old person then right so seeing him here he's a relatively young fella he's like in his early 30s i think feels sure. that way like yeah 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 uh so to me it feels like there're a bunch of young guys in this show and both of those 2 I've always seen in my headcanon as old guys. Uh, right. So th- this was kind of cool to to watch that stuff. Uh yeah, yeah, so I
0: don't I don't know how old Crosby is in this, but he's
1: he's still not young. Oh, he's not young. Yeah, right, yeah. But um th- they don't have like all gray hairs and stuff like that. Um, no, true. That's true. The, uh, so I, I don't know where, where I'd come out on this one. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I think it's a thumbs up just because it's for what it is. Um, yeah, but I think, I don't definitely. know who I'd recommend it to per se.
0: Yeah. It's really, I mean, yeah, that's a tough one because I think, I think I am almost too young for this and I have, you know probably above average familiarity with like mm-hmm. 40s 50s cultural references than the average 40 year old yeah. um and so you know anybody younger than me i'd be like yeah don't bother unless you really you know are into films of this era Right. Well, that, um, that's
1: important. I, I, I yeah. think it was interesting to me watching this. Thinking this was made came out in forty one or forty three. One, one of those
0: areas. 40, 42.
1: 42, ah, right in the middle there. Um, and <laughs> this, this is what people were watching during World War Two. And and all I think of is see right. people say nineteen forties or thirties, and and I think of World War Two. It's just this terrible time in the world, right? People, death and yeah. destruction and yeah. and nazism and things like that and i couldn't Mm -hmm. think of anything else being worse the time to live but these movies were what people were watching at that time so this feels like if this was a movie out i would need this kind of movie if we kind of put it in that perspective sure
0: there's yeah there's there's that too it's the kind of we talk about that sometimes in the context of now right like you know what you know, you go back and look at because you know everything is superhero movies, but you know yeah. you look at the superhero movies being made in the early two thousands, right? Yeah. When, when, and and not to make everything American, but most of the movies that people watch and talk about are movies we make for better or for worse. Um, you know, nine eleven happened, right? And that was a big, it was a big thing. So we a lot of movies leaned pretty hard into jingoism or at least patriotism. Um, and then, you know, that's been over 20 years ago and over time it becomes this, this isn't really what people need or not that, I mean, to a certain extent people need entertainment, but what people want, what people will buy, um, you know, so it's so, like it comes at it from multiple angles, right? The studios want to make something people will buy and the creatives, you know, have something in them they want to get out, whether that's a an idea, a feeling, just a story they want to tell, uh, a message, if they're that kind of person. Um, yeah. And that changes depending on, you know, the culture, right? The culture... Yeah isn't really looking for this anymore. Now we're in this situation and we want something that's a little bit, and of course, all of that is very generalized, but, um, yeah, that's, that is an important consideration when you're talking about something of this era, like what sort of things were, um, were the people at home with, you know, nothing to do, but here, the latest bad news on the radio from, from FDR or, um, or Churchill. Yeah. You know, what, what kind of things were they going to go, you know, down to the, down to the local theater and, you know, spend their nickel on, uh, than to see good old, uh, Hope and Crosby and Dorothy L'Amour doing their, doing their goofy shenanigans.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, that's a huge thing, you know, or, they would show some of the movies overseas to the troops, you know, right, to, right. to have them do. Be- being yeah, able if to they have... if, they're,
0: if they're stuck at base, you know, waiting for their orders to, to change or whatever, what is going to take their mind off their situation for, you know, an hour and 20 minutes?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and these are, you know, this kind of thing is not about necessarily the war, not about anything, just very nope. light. And so, yeah, y- your comment of, you know... When it was made in this era and stuff, I think that's that does make a lot of impact for this kind of you know when this is um, mm-hmm. and, and and what these were and Bob Hope was a very pro- prolific um, uh, USO person who went out to the troops and talked to them and things like that so right. gave them you know hope, I guess you'd say or, or some kind of normalcy <laughs> or take your mind off of it for a while and he he was uh, real important with that and these so I believe that these movies are. In that same kind of vein, they did make them all the way through the war. Then they took it back a five-year break, made another one. Then they did a comeback one ten years later. Uh, but these were all made during during the war by the studio who were making movies with intention, right? They they made mm-hmm. these movies intentionally. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I don't. I, again, I don't know who I'd recommend it to, um, except for what you were saying, it was like <laughs> the people who were interested in that time. Uh, sure. Uh, otherwise. Yeah, I I can't think. I, I'll watch them only because I remember the feeling of grandmas, you know, mm. with black and white TVs. And, and I enjoy mm-hmm. some of these old things like Mother Goose or, you know, Cary Grant shows, the, any of the black and white, Paint Your Wagon, things like that. I just um, remember them on the TV and grandma being there and kind of just watching some pieces. And it kind of gives me a good feeling. But without that, I don't know what what why I would watch this one. Uh, so we didn't talk about this, but what's your next pick for next week? I want to say that I added something to our our uh, my list that I wanted to talk to you about before you pick here. Okay. Uh, I added Princess Bride, the home movie. Have you heard of this? No. I didn't either. So evidently in 2020, when the pandemic was happening in that summer, uh, a bunch of Hollywood people, like actors and actresses... Uh, I can't remember who it was. Someone decided to get them together and and direct these the Princess Bride. So they they redid the Princess Bride, but ever, all the actors were at home, just recording the lines on their phone.
0: Sure, And that sounds like a very uh, late twenty twenty thing to to happen.
1: Yes, and, and now it wasn't just them reading lines on the computer. They like often they're acting it out in their yard sure. or something. Okay. So so it would do a shot you know with Vassimi and something and he would be in one scene it's uh uh Dwight Shrute what's his name the actor plays
0: Dwight. Rain Wilson
1: Rain Wilson does Vassimi. and you know he's Incini Yeah Vassimi. Yeah and,
0: you know I think I probably saw like a like a short like a super cut of that like a TikTok yes. style
1: Well they, ha- they so they have the whole they have the whole movie and the the kind of a cool part about it is that the the roles change all the time so you you get the the opening thing the kid is played by adult Fred Savage, Fred Savage I mean, sure he's sure. he's playing his his role saying his lines before but then they switch back to it later on when you know he's talking about stuff it's it's a different actor playing it it's like okay. Elijah Wood or something mm-hmm. um, and then so you you have all these different characters these actors playing these roles that you know in a fun way and it's I guess you can watch it it's all hour and forty minutes so I think it's the whole Princess Bride movie. And it's on YouTube, so I thought, eh, let's watch that one. We know the lines. We know all the words. We know all mm-hmm, the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's and, and I know the, the the thing that made me see it was it was on a TikTok, and it was Pedro Pascal plays um, an ego in one scene. Okay, so, sure. W- which was, like, that fits. Uh, okay, yeah, so yeah. M- moving on, I just wanted to say I added that to the list. What, what do we got for, for me okay. this week from you?
0: Um, I am going to – I don't know what the, I don't want to call this cheating it's not really it's just uh uh uh, what um the one that you watched the other other making up for my my screw-up of watching this movie early last (laughs) week um uh frequency this has been on my list for a while um you've not seen this i don't think so um
1: i'm I'm looking it up now so i can see pictures of of what what it is
0: it's jim caviezel and um I don't know why I said Daniel Craig. Uh, um, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Okay. Daniel Craig sounds like Dennis Quaid. So I could sure, say that. sure. Um, it's got Elizabeth Mitchell in it. I thought she was so Elizabeth cute. Mitchell. Lost. Yeah, she's she's the 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 mom, the wife. Um, this is a. It's not really a time travel story, but it's a little bit a time travel story, um, and yeah, so.
1: Man, I got I gotta watch it the next couple of days because this does not look like something I can watch at ICGCon anywhere. So we'll mm, to... No,
0: it's yeah, it's not. Uh... Boy, I, I wanted it. no, it's not. It's it's a little intense. I've yeah. seen it. It's another one like sneakers that I saw several times when I was younger, so it's very familiar to me. But if you've never seen it, it's it's a little intense.
1: Okay, yeah, I I, I have not seen this one. Look, at looking at pictures, not seen, or even heard about it. I don't think uh so this will be good i like you know seeing these these are really cool things things you said years ago like we can't consume all media and invariably we are going to miss some and this is yeah definitely one of them uh cool frequency okay so we've got how much time we got here left Not a terrible amount of time 15 minutes what do we do with our time
0: dennis um i don't know if we have time to get into star trek picard Um, (laughs) we said that last week we said the same thing we did and we did it anyway with like 12 minutes to go and then talked about star trek for half an hour (laughs) um now you are not caught up on the last of us right uh
1: we almost say that every time because it feels like that
0: i'm always one behind i mean it it, it it comes out, I wanna say airs. It airs on Sunday nights. Yeah. Right? And, so and you so, like watch
1: it right away. So you're I one ca- of those. People. I kind <laughs> of do. Like I'm up
0: late and I see the notification in a new episode and I'm like, I'm gonna watch it right now. Um, <laughs> sure. And so, I mean it's, so one it's one of those hard. shows you totally can't, yeah. It's hard to yeah, and it's and it's one that is just I know everybody is saying this, but it's so good. It's so damn good. It reminds me of the first four or five years of Game of Thrones where Yes, I wanna watch it Sunday night like as soon as I can um, because because it's so good um, it's, it's interesting to me that just on that topic without actually talking about the
1: show itself is how you're gonna feel about it being done like you're 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 the demographic of or the, the type of per, not type of person. Your feelings are what people who make sequels or continue to want to make series go on further. Are what they're they're shooting for, like oh that was so mm. good. We'll we will get those people who really want love the show to go back sure. and watch it more and more and more. Sure. Uh, I how, think you, that the, how are you feeling about that? Like you got one more I episode
0: think, left. Yeah, I think knowing that they're going to tell the story from the whole first game, I think is going to give it a kind of closure. Where yes, I'll be anticipating season two, but not in a super anxious like I don't expect it to be a real like intense cliffhanger. I assume there will be uh seeds planted for the second chapter but not in a like again super cliffhanger kind of way i I will say
1: i will say that they didn't know they were going to make a second one sure i mean because that makes sense yeah i mean it's a narrative game and Mm -hmm. these can flop easily right so right Right. Um they 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 aren't always made to be a franchise and, and it it was made as a like the game was a self-contained story that right. and I'm not saying that it ends it just it is a story um and I played the beginning I said the beginning just the opening of Last of Us 2 and it's in the future um but I am actually for me I'm looking forward to playing Last of Us 2 like I'm kind of I'm happy and excited about this the series this that we're watching it's 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 fun it's reminding me of all the things, and um, I'm like, eager to see, you know, how how they show the ending, um, and to remind myself exactly of all the things that kind of happened at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I have Last of Us Two sitting right over there, Part Two on PlayStation Five, <laughs> and, and and I like the idea that I can start right into where I left off, and sure. or however the the story goes, and be able to to play through that. Um, before the next season, which will be forever, right? Because they take forever. Um, so I'm I'm kind of excited and happy about. It. It's not like The Witcher, where it's a a big departure from the game and the show and things like that. Mm. It's, it's, you're not following along with right. The Last of Us. It's it's like the game. So you know, I, I know what I'm going. If I'm going to play The Last of Us Part Two, I'm going to be playing the show that I know is probably going to come for season two. Right. Um, and that's that's kind of cool and exciting for me and, I, and I'll, while playing it I want to be I know I'm going to sit there and go like I wonder how that person will be who will they pick for this person or mm. you know <laughs> how that, that that's that's going to be fun um but right. anyway yeah we'll we'll talk about that next week, next week when hopefully next week when we've seen all of it um right
0: right the entire May, entire thing maybe the following week if it's if if I watch ten, 9 10 whatever the last episode and um yeah yeah, hopefully and I'll be able to watch it Sunday night. Sunday night. I, uh, unfortunately,
1: Sydney's going to her mom's for um, spring break, so we watch this show together. Um, and you know, she's already given me the permission to go ahead and watch it. She said, "Oh, well, you got to watch it for the show and talk about it and things like that," so you can watch it, and then we'll watch it again. So I'll watch it again with her. Um, but yeah, uh, so that one coming up, we, we can put off Mando too because there's only been one episode. Um, okay. And, gonna, and we talked it we, we did enough with the review right. of like that it's it's more Mando. Um sideways.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a it's 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 very interesting. We have um one of our friends is much more interested in the Grogu story than the Mando <laughs> story, which I don't we haven't talked about this on the air yet, have we? Uh I'm sure
1: we have during the last two
0: seasons at some point. No, I meant I meant this season three.
1: Oh no. I, I mean we we last week we did a quick it's more Star Wars, it's more
0: more Mando, more Mando. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I know I, I talked to our buddy Fox about it after uh game night when we played Earth, and so that's probably what I'm thinking of. Um Alright, we've got just a little bit of time here. Uh I don't know if I've mentioned this on the on the cast before. I, I don't uh I don't see it in our log, so unless I talked about it last week and have already forgotten, which is entirely mm-hmm. possible. Um I am watching the reboot of night court.
1: You had said that now. Are you, is this, is this new? (laughs) Like, is this like still coming out like weekly and you're watching it as it's coming out? Or is this like, when you say new as in like five years ago,
0: no, it's, it's brand new,
1: brand new. Okay.
0: Um, it's, it's present day. Um, they've got back. Uh, so I had never seen the original night court. um, I assume like maybe my parents were aware of it. It doesn't seem like the kind of show they would have watched. It's a little too risqué. Yeah. Um and when it was on, I would have been a little kid. So like maybe they watched it after we went to bed. But of course, okay. in the 80s there was no way to like unless it was on reruns and it just never never popped up in my on my radar. Like, it's definitely not the kind of thing my grandparents would have watched. And I, you know, as a kid spent a lot of time at their house and they had cable right where I might've been able to see like on TV land or something, uh, Nick at night. Right. Um, but I was curious about this. Uh, it came up, boy, it came up after you had jury duty and we had a whole conversation on discord about what do you call the person who manages the jurors? Um, and I said, I said, "Isn't that a bailiff?" And uh, our buddy Cogswell, who um, was a lawyer and is now a judge, um, was like, "Well, sometimes they're called this, sometimes." And I'm like, "I can't believe that there's no straight answer to this. This is very surprising." (laughs) And and he said, "You know, on Night Court, they were called bailiffs, and if it's good enough for Harry Stone, it's good enough for me." And I'm like, (laughs) "You know, I I hear about Night Court, but I've never seen it." And then, um. I think it came up on one of my other podcasts that they were making this, uh, sort of requel, uh, to it. They didn't use the word requel, but that's now <laughs> in my, in my vocabulary since watching the new Scream. Um, and yeah, so, so I, you know, pulled it up and, and watched the episodes and it's a sitcom, right? It's like you forget, yeah. or, or at least I forget, that they're still making sitcoms, right? And not like... <laughs> yeah. Not like tongue-in-cheek meta sitcoms like um, um, reboot, which I guess got canceled. Did it? Oh, really? Okay. Why did that? That was that was great. It was perfectly meta, but um,
1: I I I have a feeling
0: it probably just didn't get an audience. Probably. Probably not. It's maybe too niche of a thing. the The name the name doesn't seem great. Although I don't know what else you would call it, but it immediately reminded me of that bad computer graphics uh show from the 90s um reboot um anyway uh yeah what to say about this um so i watched all the new episodes all the episodes of the new one which at the time was like five or six okay are they they 30 minutes yeah it's it's 100 sitcom like there's still um audience laughter whether that's live audience or canned like i usually can't tell the difference um the jokes are dumb, it's a, it's a great, like, late night, give it half of my attention, and just expect it to be dumb um, kind of stuff. Just like when I first watched uh, The Big Bang Theory, and before I got really annoyed at their just, just, like, offensively lazy writing um especially with the with the topics they're talking about like very intelligent people and you know the sheldon character is basically uh on the autism spectrum but because in the script they say he is not autistic then it's just okay to like make mockery of of um those people and i'm like i just can't do this anymore but <laughs> um I, I talked about it a little bit on our Discord, and, and again, Cogswell commented on it, and he's like, yeah, it was just a a sitcom of the time, it was really bad for a couple seasons, um, and then it sort of clicked, like, it was never good, but it was intentionally, like, cheesy and cheap, and, you know, like, like low-budget cheap, um, and the characters sort of clicked, and it was just this thing. And I'm like, well, that makes sense because that seems like what they're trying to do. Um, I'll see if I can find a video uh, because it was funny comparing to the original. They have the same theme music, but it's re, um, whatever, re-recorded, right? So there's different instruments uh, and stuff. It's not as '80s sounding as the as the original intro, but they're still doing the like show the cast in the. In the opening song, and do the like freeze frame right there in the middle of talking, and then it just freeze oh, yeah, frames yeah. and shows their name like old sitcoms used to do, and maybe still do. I don't know. Um, I was like, that's pretty good. They got um, uh, Michelle Roush, who's the uh, not Michelle Melissa Melissa Roush, who is right. um, uh, she's one of the girlfriends in um, the Big Bang Theory. Oh <laughs> speaking yes, of, speaking of Big about, Bang yeah. Theory, uh, uh, Bernadette. It's her character yeah. in that show. She was in True Blood. I think was the first thing I saw her in. Um, she's playing Harry Stone's daughter. Oh, okay. Right? And, and she's the judge, right? So it's funny to have this like five foot tall blonde uh, with a a little bit of a high pitched voice as the like as the bl- as the judge, right? right? But she's she's from upstate New York, so she's like wholesome and you know, wants to help people kind of stuff where all the people in the court are like these jaded, cynical New Yorkers. So you've got this fish out of water kind of thing. They brought back uh, John Larroquette to play Dan Oh, really? Right? Um, That's the first episode is her like going to find him and like he's retired, but you worked for my dad. And so, but she has him, um, she gets him to come back as the public defender, right? So like- he's coming like he's still to an extent the like um selfish asshole that he is in the original yeah um but now he has to like defend the the criminals right and so he's doing that but in but in a you know sort of tongue-in-cheek way there's a funny um sort of interplay there and then I ran out of episodes of the new one again because it's brand new <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I should check out the original and just to, because I've never watched it, I'm like, now I'll probably get like it'll go in reverse. I'll get the old jokes because I've seen them, oh, you know, yeah, right. remixed and replayed in the new in the new series. Um and so I went back and started in season 3 of the original because again, I'd heard it was bad for a couple seasons. And again, it's it's bad old sitcom right it's it's also the early 80s so there's it's not super i think it started in like 84 so it's not it's not so early 80s that it's still basically the 70s yeah. um but they're still dealing with some topics that are more edgy and intense than i would i would expect like um the bailiff is african american and his wife is vietnamese right which of course right. this is the, in old the early 80s you, right in yeah. the old one yeah 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 well, well, I it's, say one of the bailiffs
1: right the other one's bull is the other guy right
0: oh right bull of course who is a i don't know he's like a he's like an andy griffith show kind of character <laughs> right. um and um you know his uh this bailiff's um dad is a very well-respected wealthy african-american man Um, and his son doesn't want him to know that he has a Vietnamese wife. And so there are, there are hints there about Vietnam, right. That are not, uh, the the Vietnam war, I should say, um, that are not overtly stated, but it's part of the context of this thing. And I just watched an episode where, um, one of Dan, Dan's, um, old college buddies who was like almost his best friend, like respected, you know, guy scored all the ladies kind of misogynistic stuff, um, comes back to see him and is, um, has, has transitioned, right. Is, is a woman. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, what? This is a, (laughs) this is a, a trans story in like 1984. (laughs) Right. Yeah. How are they going to, and you know, it, of course, was not handled great, but right. it was, uh, and, and a lot of just really, I mean, I think Bull, because he's the sort of moron character of the show, a lot of the other cast spend the whole episode just trying to explain it to him, right? <laughs> and he he doesn't get it, and of course, that's hilarious in right. the time. But the A story is all about Dan trying to come to terms with with this, and it's, and it's fairly explicit and um and you know it comes to a decent especially for the time conclusion of like acceptance for him and this and this other character and i'm like this is wild like i didn't i was not expecting this kind of uh this kind of story and maybe that was a big a big deal at the time like the um like the kirk or a kiss and star trek or um. he,
1: here's the thing about sitcoms where where this sitcom was placed in time and mm. i'd say 80s is mm-hmm. that and people forget this the fact that you're just saying this is perfect because uh <laughs> sitcoms changed when the cosby show came out i think well the cosby show is still some of them uh, in sure. that they were more more uh yes i know that name is not good to say right now but still it was right. it was right, what right, it was right. um is is that it, it didn't they were just more lighthearted, especially Seinfeld. Seinfeld was probably the one that broke everything out of these sitcom-type things, mm, and sure. where, where they were just like a show about nothing. And episode to episode, they're just funny and just meant to make you laugh and whatever. Whereas prior to that, things like Night Court, Growing Pains, um, Family Ties were all sitcoms and funny, but they all hit very important things. And people would say, oh, the best episodes are these, the ones that mm-hmm. like have a thing that makes you think there's one where in, I'm thinking of family ties where Michael J Fox's character, uh, there's a death and it's, and it's the whole scene is uh, it's, I think one of his, it's like a death of one of his friends. And, and the whole thing is played on like a stage. It's like the, the show is shot on kind of like a stage where it's got a black background and he's walking around with these Mm -hmm. little vignettes on the stage and he's talking. It's him working through his grief of losing someone. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's got jokes all the way through it, but it's very, it's a very kind of serious when you're done with it, they've snuck in a moral of the story type thing through right. throughout and make you think, and these shows were full of them, you know, and yeah. growing pains was one that I remember oftentimes where, you know, um, uh, who's the kid, the kid in that one, um, uh. Oh, my God. He's... Michael big, J. Huge, Fox? No, not Michael... This is Growing Pains. It's the one with... um.
0: Oh, uh, Kirk Cameron? A,
1: nice call. Kirk Cameron is is the main <laughs> kid, but the, is the adopted kid that came in, and it, he's he's a big actor now. He did Blood Diamond, and he's done... Um, uh, <sighs> he, oh, God. Like every movie under the sun. Um, Leo? Leo. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. Okay. He is a, a character that came in there, and he is adopted, and there's mm. big scenes big episodes where he's struggling with that and sure you know the the, the dad in the show michael siever is like has he's a therapist right and he talks to okay. him and they have like heart to heart uh dan and roseanne on uh the show roseanne, roseanne. they deal mm-hmm. with spouse abuse and um really serious things it's all sitcoms and comedies but during the 80s these comedies had thoughtful things buried in them but not always not not hidden they're very overt about them
0: sure like uh like after school special kind of stuff like yeah awesome.
1: and, and that's that's the thing they're making jokes the whole time and the b stories are always mainly jokes but mm-hmm. but the primary thing is definitely this thing that you, when you're done watching it as an adult you're like huh okay you know so sure i believe that of night court and now that you're mentioning it from the old ones i remember it Cause I did watch mm-hmm. these shows. It was on TV when uh, my mom would watch them all the time. Um, so I, I actually really liked the characters. I definitely remember feeling like this was too old for me because they're right. talking about hookers all the yeah. time. Yeah. And, um, and Dan is definitely like not the kind of guy that my mom would like, like, like us right. to pay attention to. Um, mm-hmm. And, but I liked Harry and I liked his magic and he was always fun and I always wanted him to get <laughs> with the girl, the lawyer lady.
0: Um, I, was, I was not expecting how goofy Harry is. Goofy, yeah. He's a Harry judge. For, thing. F- for being the judge, yeah. The,
1: the, the night judge. Yeah, right. Uh, so, the no, I judge. I liked Night Court. It was one of those things that I didn't think anybody else would like, um, but I always liked it a lot um, and have not seen it since I was a kid. So, I, I kind of want to sure. go back. I always felt that it wouldn't hold up. So, to hear you say that you're watching it, enjoying it, makes me feel like maybe I should go watch it then because... I didn't want to like lose my nostalgia for childhood show, that,
0: <laughs> right? Right. That,
1: yeah. that I liked. I, you already made me do that with Highlander. I'm not going
0: to do it again. Sure, sure. <laughs> you'll, you'll have
1: that. Uh, so yeah, no Night Court. That's that's really cool, and it's good to hear that the first one, I meant this new one is just as sitcommy. D- does it have uh, the moral of the story kind of type things to it, or is it just is it just silly?
0: A little bit, a little bit. the The most recent episode is about abby that's um melissa Brash's character harry's daughter um and they've already hinted that she um is a sober like like she was an alcoholic right and i'm like she doesn't seem that old she's probably almost my age if not older hmm, okay. um, i just can't tell because she's made up for tv and again like five feet tall um yeah. <laughs> And they haven't directly addressed that like it's just been brought yeah, up once right. or twice yeah. um, but the most recent episode was about her mother like she meets her mother and and Harry the the actor and the character I believe the actor has passed away but the character definitely has um, and yeah the actor her 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 mom was a a um what's the word a defendant right in the court? And Mm -hmm. she didn't know, but she comes to the city to see her. And I think it's Dan probably remembers. Right. And so then that's the, that's the tension of the episode is, you know, Abby never knew that her mother was a criminal and you know, what is this? Well, how is this, this story going to end up? So yeah, there's, there's a little bit of that. I don't think I was really looking for it. Um, to notice it as as overtly, because again, like I said it's for me it's just been kind of a late night like this is dumb, maybe I'm gonna laugh once or twice, yeah yeah uh, kind of I, kind I'm of telling you those
1: were thing. those were the best parts about those those eighty sitcoms they they really were, and now, now they just kind of the memories are flooding back in me as we're, we talked about <laughs> it like like I remember um the show there was a show called Valerie that was a big one and ended up becoming the Harpers because the the main character had a contract dispute or some kind of nonsense. So they changed the show Mm -hmm. instead of being about her. It was just about her family and everybody else, but her was on it, but the character died. And there was like a lot, a big episode about them dealing with the grief of their mother dying. Right. Right. Um, and, and that's a serious thing. You know, it's a real serious, so they deal with like, like you mentioned, even trans things in, in those shows, suicide, um, you know, uh, People going away, divorces, things like that. They they really right. deal with these shows were had a lot of really serious things um, in them. So and and that's what yeah. made them so likable. I think is people could relate to these characters really going through these kind of stuff. You know, sure. And then also sure. like them because yeah. they're
0: funny. Yeah, yeah. I know we watched a lot of the ones with kids, right? Like a Home Improvement, Full House, yeah. um, Family Matters. Not as much, but still to a certain extent and i remember um a lot of those of the era having like some kind of issue and then one of the adults has a a sit down conversation with the kid oh yeah
1: those are those are the same but they're kind of like you just when you mentioned there they're more younger so they are dealing with right more kid centric type stuff but yeah yeah right that it's the same home improvement that was a good good callback because those those didn't get real serious, but they did have the. You're right, sit down and talk, or even the neighbor behind the fence mm-hmm. would, would talk. Wilson, right? Wilson, I forgot that. Yeah,
0: give okay, give Tim some advice on the on,
1: on marriage, even
0: on, on his marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's we, we still got some more. We'll save for next week. I know. <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah. We'll we'll same,
0: we'll maybe have more about um, Star Trek, Picard, Mando, maybe The Last of Us, and uh, our movie Frequency. All right, cool. All right, you've been listening to the front porch. This is episode three uh, three hundred. What is, I can't do the number any every time. This has been episode two hundred and eighty seven. Thanks as always to our friends at LRM Online. If you want to reach out to us and tell us your favorite wholesome life lesson eighty sitcom, uh, which is not allowed to be the Cosby Show anymore, uh, you can mm-hmm. do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail dot com. Uh, if you enjoyed the show and no, on the website, if you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, there are also contact forms there and maybe some show notes uh, to check out. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a positive review, we appreciate that. It helps out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Hi, everybody. See you next time.